You're about to listen to a message from Savannah Grace Chapel, Port Harcourt. May these words bear fruit in your heart as you listen. Amen. Glory to God. (laughs) Uh, Can we just give God praise this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. I've just been excited in my heart all week. Praise God. And in service today, I, God, <laughs> can we just laugh a bit, amen? <laughs> no, this one, don't worry, you don't have to pretend. There's reason to laugh, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Uh-uh. You know, it's, it's so what it says that, you know, there's no God. It says, just come to Savannah Patakot. Hallelujah. You know, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us have our seats. So just play a little for me, please. I don't know. I, actually, this is how I saw it happening. So I was going to call you. But, right? Go ahead. Just play for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Throughout this whole week, the phrase, the just shall live by faith, has just been running in my head. I don't know who to give credits to it for because Emmanuel mentioned it, but Pastor started his message with it. So out of seniority. It's pastor <laughs> we took you from. The just shall live by faith. Amen. You know what? Let me just, let me do what is in my mind to do that I've been planning to do all week. My pastor Jude told me that I was the one who was going to preach today. Amen. I just wanted to give a shout out to brethren. Amen. Sorry, if I don't mention your name, I'm not, it's not favoritism. Praise God. You know, I, I saw Stamina Warrior's testimony on our WhatsApp group. I thank you everyone who shares their testimonies. Please keep doing that. Amen. Let's just encourage each other. You know, and I'll, I'll say that, don't worry, she called a lot of people and she gave a lot of people credit, but let me tell you, my, you are our testimony. Yes, you are. You will not understand, you may not understand the degree and a lot of people here may not understand, but I, I saw her the first time she stepped into through the doors of Savannah Grace Chapel Portacot. Amen. And she was not the only one that came that day, but she's the only one that remained. Amen. And today we are hearing testimonies, how she's ministering the gospel, she's healing the sick. Praise God. You are a testimony. It's people like her that we look at and we say, you know what? We are doing something right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our lives are being changed here. We have PhD holders. You know, when she said she's not going to write any exam again, I said we stand in faith with you. I mean, I don't like exam. Praise God. You have paid your dues. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we have um, soon-to-be theology graduates at the back. Amen. He doesn't know it's him I'm talking about. We have businessmen who are channeling the spiritual power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good to us in Samaria Grace Chapel Potakot. I don't know how to rep local assembly. Hallelujah. You know that kind of thing where you say that every testimony, make sure you give only testimony that is related to your man of God. See, we give testimony related to our Christ. Amen. Because the one line in particular with all these testimonies we've seen or we've heard from this morning and the ones we've been hearing from for these past few months is that Jesus is Lord. Amen? And Jesus is involved in your finances. He's involved in giving you land. He's involved in healing you. He's he's involved in healing through you. Amen? Favor comes through Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Ah, glory to God. You know, when she just talked about that land, I immediately got excited because I remember what Rev said. 
Because I was there, I was standing in front when Rev gave that prophecy. Immediately, you see the way I rose up my hand. And then he prayed for Pastor Julian and Pastor Eli. So let me say, it's, it's our confirmation. I've not forgotten the words that he spoke to Pastor Julian, but because when he, when he talked about the properties, he specifically said it to Pastor Julian and Pastor Eli. We have received those properties. Amen. <laughs> ah, God is good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm trying to get my second friends here to know where we are going to land. Praise God. Like I said, the phrase, the just shall live by faith is what has been running through my mind this week. I don't know whether this is going to be a series. I don't know if it will be one time message. I really don't know how it's going to be. Praise God. But I just know that God is good. And God is interested in your life. Very interested in the things that he wants to do through you. In the things that he wants to do in you. Amen? (laughs) It's been an interesting week. Praise God. Well, actually, the week was not so interesting. It just got interesting at the end of the week. (laughs) Hallelujah. Just a few of us know about it. You know, but God showed us favor there. I'll, I'll allow the people involved to give their testimony when they come back. Because God, I was, I was there, right? And I was getting angry about some things. But when I heard of some other gists, and when I went home and I thought about something, I said, you know what? God actually did show us favor. Amen. Praise God. I know some, some of us are floating, but don't worry. In due time, you will know what we're talking about. Praise God. So, you know, the brother who was involved, I was just talking with him, and it's something I've shared with my wife this week. I said that God has given us words, and I, I, I don't know if I've also mentioned this to Val. It's not a coincidence that a lot of things seem to have come up after laying off our service. And yes, people are expecting, we've, seen, we've expected, we've seen testimonies, right? But in the midst of those testimonies, we are seeing things that look troubling coming. In fact, yes, call it calamities. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a reason. Hallelujah. And the first illustration that came to my mind was Jesus and Peter. Amen. And then, you know, Jesus had already told them, you know, go ahead, I'll meet you. Funny enough, they didn't even ask him, how will you do it? Because they knew Jesus didn't own a boat. But he said, I'll meet you. Hallelujah. And the winds were boisterous and everything. And all of a sudden, they just saw some guy. Walking on water. Hallelujah. And I said, who is this guy? They were scared. They were really scared. If it was me, I would be scared too. Because you understand that on the sea, they have phantoms of the sea that people always used to discuss about. They have ghosts and, and sirens and all those things. And all of a sudden, the winds are boisterous and, and, and it's really harsh out there. And all of a sudden, you see a figure walking towards you on the water, on the waves. In the night, hallelujah. If it was me, I'll be scared too. Praise God. And so they were scared, honestly. And they said, ah, Who be this? And Jesus identified himself. I said, You know, it was not still enough. It's me, Jesus. But ah, okay, okay. We know it's you, Jesus. If it be you, Sha, bid me come. Hallelujah. And Jesus told him to come. And Peter stepped on the water and he walked. He did walk. Because sometimes when you hear the story told, you almost think that Peter sank immediately. No, he didn't. He walked. And then the Bible says that he, he observed. I don't know if you can find that scripture for me. Just put it up. And he observed the boisterous winds. Jesus, when he was looking at Jesus, he was walking. When he observed the winds, he started to sink. It didn't drop like a stone. It means that the unbelief that the devil tries to get you to focus on, it drags you down gradually. 
you will not notice that you are down until you have sung. Hallelujah. But here's the thing, and it's a good thing, is that if your eye is on Jesus, you will not sink. Amen? So what am I saying? I'm saying that the devil, he plays a, a long game. Hallelujah. The Bible says we should not be ignorant of the wiles of the devil. Don't think that the devil is here to just put one stone under your leg and back you. Then you now fall down. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Just go to the part where he's, he observed the wind. So he said, okay, sorry, let's just read. Let's just read through it. Uh, and Jesus and, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. 29. He said, and so he said, come. Jesus told him to come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. 30. And when, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he knew that the wind was boisterous. They've been in that boat for hours. Hallelujah. This was not some kind of revelation. When he saw, you know, there's one thing about, ah, knife cut my hand. And then, ah, knife cut my hand though. You have seen the degree of the thing. He saw that the wind was boisterous. He focused on it. <laughs> he had faith in the wind, so to speak. He was afraid. Fear crept in because he looked and saw. Hallelujah. And beginning to sing, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Next verse. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? It means that at some point, Peter believed. And then somewhere along the line, he began to doubt. Hallelujah. Praise God. But the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Amen. It means that the things that God has, has shown you, the things that God has poured out on us through his servant, it is the truth. Why? Because it is in Christ Jesus. It means that our eyes must be on Christ Jesus concerning those things. Not on the boisterous winds. <laughs> I, to tell, I told my wife that in this season, the one I want to learn is to find the secrets to be happy when I have little and when I have plenty. Now, the idea there is not, oh, I want to just, you know, you know, go through life and not just aspire to anything. Let me just be safe. No, that's not the idea. The idea is that even because this flood thing, it's really dampened my heart. But God had to minister to me. I said, look, you cannot save everybody. Just continue to pray. Continue to believe God. And that's why when I saw El Shalom's testimony, I was so excited. And I said, so will it be for the communities around. Because you know the truth. The truth is that you we can Because I, I, I was telling my mother, I don't know how it would be. That's why I'm trying to find the secrets. So that if there is a day that a flood enters my bedroom, I can sleep on my bed inside water and wake up in the morning and say, praise God. Hallelujah. And not say, ah, but, but I'm a Christian now. Should these things be happening to me? See, there's a degree to ask some questions, but there is a praise God before I ask anything. Hallelujah. In, in, in suffering and in enjoyment, in little and in abundance, my vision is the same on the lamb slave. It was the same thing Jesus did. Hallelujah. And that's the thing. It's like, um, sorry, I'm just talking, but the just shall live by faith. If it becomes a series, that's the name of the series. If it's not, well, it will probably just be the title of the message. But wait till the end, because I feel like this message is going to go one kind of way. Hallelujah. When 
I, I, I did a little bit of martial arts. I didn't grade. I'm not, I'm an OQ. I don't have any belts. But I used to join my brother. My brother is a second down black belt. So I used to join them. I think it was Shitoru Karate to just do body work. Lost a lot of weight that time. Do some exercise and self-defense classes. So there's one thing I noticed. Hope to God that your sensei is fat and overweight and does not do any work anymore. Because if he tells you, do this frog jump, <laughs> you just do it, do it. If it's not looking, you just choose more. But pray that your sensei is not the kind that is agile. Because there was a guy, they used to call him Foresight. I don't know whether I was doing him. In, you know, Surulere Stadium. So it was at no Lagos. That guy, for your, just warming up before you start doing the actual crab walk, frog jump, all those things, you first run around the stadium 10 times. Now here's the problem with that. It's not the running around 10 times. Is that he's running with you. And at the seventh time, he's running. He's turning back. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And the guy's still gingering. I cannot train with somebody like that. Hallelujah. Praise God. There are better ways to end my life if I so choose. Praise God. It's not like that. So that's the thing is that Jesus is like that sensing. Jesus has gone ahead of you in those things. When Jesus hung on the cross, his eye was on the Father. That's why he could look at those people who were mocking him and say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. It was not, you know, <laughs> there's, there's God bless you, and there's God bless you. He was not telling them God bless you. He meant what he was saying. Father, forgive them. Do you know the reason he could do that? Because his eyes were on the Father. His eyes were on what he was going to, what he was giving and what he was going to receive. He was going to receive sons unto himself. He was going to receive us. Amen? As a harvest of that. Praise God. That's where his eyes were. It was not on the suffering. And he did suffer. He suffered physically. He suffered spiritually. He died. He went to Hades. Hallelujah. He did it as an example for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Looking at the life of Job. I know I've not turned to any scripture first. We'll soon, we'll soon get there. Praise God. Looking at the life of Job. And, and so, like I've said it here before that a preacher actually said that he believes that the reason why Job was included in the scriptures is so that Christians will not have any excuse for backsliding. That's what he said. He said that this guy went through hell and high water for nine months. And it was not even up to a year, funny enough. Praise God. Your troubles don't last that long. They just look like they do. Amen? Let me tell you, your troubles last for a short time. The rest of it is just you. <laughs> your trouble can last for four months. The rest of it is just you carrying it over. Oh, man. Ah, well, we thank God, though. But, ah, man, life has been hard. Life has been hard. It's been tough. Well, you know, they fired me from work, you know, two, four years ago. So, have you found anything else to do? Man, life has been tough. Life has been tough. Have you found anything? So life has been tough. But I, but I remember that you knew how to soak cloth. But life has been tough. But I remember you knew how to draw. I remember you knew. You are just the one carrying on your suffering. It has already ended since. Amen? See, even when all the things that Job went through, it ended in nine months. And then he received back double for everything he had lost. Hallelujah. Do you know what the devil was trying to do? He was trying to remove Job's eye from God. How do we know this? Because that's how it started now. He came to God's presence. And God was the one that told him, that, ha, Have you seen my servant Job? And what, what was the devil's response? The devil's response tells you what his own game was. Eh, well, is he serving you for nothing? 
You have given him wealth. You have given him. He has children. He has cattle. He has all these things. So why won't he serve you? And, and the Lord said, okay, you know what? Take all those things away. Ah, uh, no, if I take all these things away, he will curse you. Go ahead. Just don't harm him. And he went, he took all of it away. And first thing Drew gave was praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then the devil came and said, ah, so what's up now? Have you seen Drew? Have you seen what I'm telling you about? I said, look, look, look. Eh, he doesn't have wealth again, but he still has his health. You know, there's this saying, I think it's an old Southern American saying, at least I still have my health. So, <laughs> Job at least still had his health. And, and God told him, okay, fine. Do what you like, but don't kill him. Praise God. And then the devil afflicted him with sickness, boils, all sorts of things. And this man still didn't curse God. We didn't hear about the devil anymore because he had already lost. Amen. In fact, up to maybe like six chapters in, the devil already knew the game was up. So the rest was, okay, God's original plan. Because remember, it wasn't the devil that brought up Job. It was God that brought up Job to the devil. Meaning that there was something that God wanted to work out in the man. It was called righteousness by faith in God. Amen? In your life, what God is trying to work out is righteousness by faith. Amen? But what the devil is trying to do is to get you to remove your eye from Jesus. Because if you do not keep your focus on the lamb slain, you cannot walk by faith. Praise God. So let's just, we're gonna do, we're gonna look at the scriptures. Let's look at the origin of that phrase, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 2 to 4. Glory. Okay, I want to, I want to read it in context. Then the Lord answered to me, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who run, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie because it tarries, wait for it, or though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Amen? Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Amen? Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just, just shall live by faith. Okay, let us read all the scriptures first. Uh, it appears again as he quotes in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 to 17. Glory to God. Behold the proud, the soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Okay. Romans 1, 16 to 17. Glory to God. Uh, okay. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in what? In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen? Okay, that's where we'll camp. But let's move on first before we come back then. Okay, we'll also camp in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. From verse 10 to 13. Glory to God. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith. But the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Amen? 
And finally, um, Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 36 to 38. Glory to God. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while and he who is coming will come and not tarry. Amen. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Amen. Glory to God. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Praise God. So, by the amount of two or more witnesses, praise God. The just shall live by faith. Who are the just? First of all, in this context. It's a strange word because the just is, sorry, English people, is it conjunction? Please help me. What is just a beg? Is it a conjunction, preposition? I don't know English like that. Is it now? It's just. No, I mean, there's a, there's the just that is a noun. And there's, I just want to. That's, is the just I'm talking about. That one is a preposition. A verb. You say what? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. You see, it's easy to speak English, but to know English is different. Amen. <laughs> so what, it's a, it's a strange word because it actually could be a sentence qualifier. Like, I just want to, I just, I just punched the person. I just, hallelujah. But it's also a noun in the sense that it means a person that is just. So the just here shall live by faith. That, that context is, is talking about an individual or a set of in, individuals. So the, the, quite simply, the people who are just are the people who have believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The people who are born again. The people who are born of God. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't want to go too much into that. Pastor Jude already touched a lot of things about Christ in part four, right? Yes, in part four of the series, God's Mighty Supply. So, I don't want to really go into all that again. But the just are the people who are believers in Christ Jesus. People who are born of God. Amen? Amen? Uh, please, I, I, I hope I'm not losing you somewhere. Okay. Alright, so when, when the Bible says, let's, let's go back to, um, okay, let's, let's stay with Romans 1.16 for a bit. Romans 1.16 and 17. Please join it together. Hallelujah. You know, Paul was talking about the gospel there, talking about, telling us that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for anyone who believes. And then there, by this same gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God was not revealed through the law. Hallelujah. The need for the righteousness of God was revealed through the law. But the righteousness of God was revealed through the gospel. Amen? And what's this gospel? is that Jesus Christ died, he was buried and resurrected. Now you can have life. That's why the disciples went out and bore witness. When they say bear witness, they'll say that we knew this man, Jesus. He was the son of God. He came down and died. And on the third day, he rose again. We saw him after he rose. And now that he has risen, what has happened is that everyone that was dead in sin need not die anymore. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you have life. Amen. And when we, um, I think it was, um, I think it was um, Romans 5 that was talking about us being justified. Let me see if I can find it. Don't open there. I'll just read it out. Um, okay, yes, there it is. Romans chapter 5 from verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified. To justify means to render righteous, right? To render just or to render innocent. Praise God. By faith. We have been justified by faith. 
So it's a state of being, really. The righteous person is justified. So when he's saying the just, he's saying the righteous person shall live by faith. Hallelujah. So who is righteous in the house? Who is just in the house? Praise God. If you're born again, you're just. If you have received Jesus, you're just. If you are a son of God, you're just. Amen? So the Bible has clear terms here. It says, the just shall live by faith. What? I don't, I don't want to start doing concordance breakdown. What does it mean to live? Apart from, okay, I'm alive. When somebody says, come on, live your life, you're already alive. But what's that person trying to say? It's trying to say, um, conduct your life, basically. You know, your life has a process. It's not that you just wake up, it's 8 a.m., go back to sleep. It's 12 p.m., go back to sleep. It's 8 a. It's 8 p.m., go back to sleep till the next morning. That's not living. Hallelujah. You are just there. You are not living. Praise God. But you conduct your life. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you have your bath. You know, there was a Nigerian musician we used to have. There was one of his songs. Like he said, he woke up in, he wake up in the morning and he brushes teeth. Then he wears his clothes and he goes and like, ah, brush, you know the bath. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, you do that, you eat breakfast. If you're a breakfast person, you know, you go to work, you do what you need to do. You meet people, you know, if it's a weekday, okay, a church guy, you go to church, you know, that's your living. That's your conducting life, basic, basically. Hallelujah. So now this scripture is saying that the just shall conduct life by faith. Praise God. It means that the, what's the word now? Try not to use a very big word, but the, the, um, <laughs> I don't know why nomenclature is entering my mind. It actually doesn't make sense to use nomenclature to say what I want to say. But it sounds so nice, doesn't it? The nomenclature of a Christian's life. But it's just, actually, it doesn't mean anything. Praise God. The core of a Christian's life or the core of the conducting of a Christian's life is faith. Now, faith always seems so vague to us. Faith is so simple. And it's that simplicity that makes it not have a particular definition, even in the scriptures. Faith basically just means belief or complete reliance in something. In other words, even people that are not believers have faith. That's why a lot of preachers would say biblical faith to actually just emphasize it. Because we are all sitting down right now, right? How do any of you know that? How did any of before you sat down, how did any of you know that this chair can carry your weight? You believe it will. Praise God. <laughs> Even as I'm big like this, there are some stools I can't, I, I'll look at this too well. If your stool has a small spine, you know what they call spine? Like it has a top, then it has a spine, then it has a bottom. Forget it. I will not sit on it. I do not have faith to sit on that stool. It's not me that you want to use to embarrass career. That you now do a YouTube video and put me online and I'll be popular. I'll now become a meme. Hallelujah. <laughs> there are some balconies I won't lean on because I look at the integrity of the balcony. I'm not a, a worksman. I don't know anything about it. I don't know the name of the person that built it, but I'm just looking at it. I think it looks like I'm very finicky about balcony, especially in high places. Praise God. I won't lean on it. But the reason why you sit down on a chair, let me ask, um, Bethel, do you know the main name of the person who made that chair? Do you know whether he can make chairs? Do you know how many years he has been making chairs? Uh, you know whether the day he made that chair, he quarreled with his wife? Because, you know, those factors, you know, are important. He could have just done so that one leg and leave the other leg because this, this woman self, hallelujah. We don't know all that, but we sit. Why? Because we have faith that there's integrity in the chair. 
we just the, the faith is basically that whoever builds this chair must have built it right for them to have bought the chair and sold it to the person that I bought it from. Praise God. This one is more expensive than every other chair that is here. I sit on it because I, I, this chair is like 20-something, 30-something, 40-something thousand, right? So they must have, the chair must be solid for them to sell it at that price. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the faith of people basically in anything is based on the fact that they trust in whoever made it or whoever brought it to pass or whatever. Like for instance, let's look at drugs. Um, okay, I'm delighted in our testimony. We're talking about paracetamol. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's an analgesic we've been taking for years. You know, how many of us have actually read the ingredients behind the packets of Panadol or any of the brands? I love, before I love Bukwe, especially I love Bukwe. That one, I always used to suspect that one. People used to shock that thing. Like, your position, like, without thinking. How many of us have actually checked the, 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 um, ingredients? You know, drugs actually have ingredients. Praise God. But a lot of people don't check it because, ah, there's the brand Panadol. If it's not Panadol, it's not the same thing as Panadol. So that one is good enough for you. <laughs> you just take it, having faith that if I drink this Panadol, my headache will stop. Don't be so. In fact, it has become so much part of you that even when you see Onoche and Sons, uh, Paracetamol, you say, no, 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 give me my Panadol. I trust this one. Hallelujah. Praise God. The same thing with food. You know, the only, if we want to buy noodles in the market, there's a particular brand. Everybody, first of all, everybody thinks that the name of that brand is actually what the thing is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please give me your KJV NLT version. Because KJV has become the name for Bible. Hallelujah. <laughs> you understand? Something like that. You know, but if you see a new one, you'll not be like, ah. This one is sweet. How despise they? Why are you asking all those questions? Because it's something you don't trust. Hallelujah. But the ones you trust, you take sweets, pop it in your mouth. It doesn't occur to you that maybe somebody could have injected something inside. No, it's just it's sweet. Mm, this is no sweet to do. Mm. Are they, see, this thing is reducing inside. That's your own business. Are you, you understand? You see biscuits, you eat biscuits. What I'm saying is that there are a lot of things you take in life. Because you trust it. You don't ask questions about it. You just go ahead, use it. Amen? It's how faith in God's word must become to you. It may, because I didn't even know, my telegram did not load, so I didn't know the title of the message on Wednesday. But truly, that's actually the difference between faith and mental assent on the basic level. Is that this thing must become like brushing your teeth. There's no time I'm brushing my teeth that I'm afraid now that, like a horror movie now, that maybe my toothbrush will latch on my inner teeth and I'll pull it out and I'll see blood everywhere. Oh, what is happening? No, I just go. Sometimes I don't even look at what is coming out of my mouth. I'll also wash it. Even if there's nothing there, I'm still washing it. That's become routine. There's no time I'm thinking that as I'm having my bath now, that as I just rub soap on my head, the middle of my hair will just scrape out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not thinking that. I just know that. I go, I put soap on my body. Once in a while, I also pay out my eye. I use water, wash it out, do everything, clean my body, I go out. Amen? There's never a time I'm thinking that if I, if I should just drink this cup of water, may be the one that they have sent. And I'll just drink it and I'll start choking. <coughs> hmm, I've died. No. I drink the cup of water. I'm not even looking. As I'm making call and I'm holding my phone like this. 
So, t- see that guy, eh? Like, tell him to bring my money. Tell him to bring my money. Do you understand? It's normal. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. The just shall conduct life by faith. It is not something that you <laughs> invoke in the sense of it. It's something that you live by. Hallelujah. Um, sisters. Our, the sisters, the woman shall live by makeup. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. At least some women. There's a measure of makeup. Look, as long as you rub something on your mouth. I don't, I suspect guys that rub lip gloss. Amen. Even during hammer time. Please don't tell me that. Okay. If you rub pomade on your mouth, it will, it will dry, it will make it soft. Praise God. Then the ones I used to use pink balm. I don't be looking at you like, sir, do we need to talk or something? <laughs> Hallelujah. But even the little ladies don't do basic, like loud makeup, but you rub something. So it's like a normal thing. Nobody ever sees a lady doing makeup and be like, ah, what's wrong with you? Uh, uh-uh, uh, what's that? In fact, the ones that are strange are the ones that say that they are team natural. Amen. A lot of people have been doing team natural since, but one celebrity says she was now doing team natural. It now became a thing, but that's life. Hallelujah. Praise God. A, a, a man shall, the man shall, what do, what do men live by? Ah, men, we are complicated though. Men like plenty of things. No, it's a lot of men that are beard gang. So men, if you are beard gang, they'll chase you out of their house. Amen. <laughs> you know, but there are some things that are, that, that you live by. It's like your normal life. It's like, okay, either every individual has, um, basic things that they like to do. Some people cannot function in the morning. They don't eat conflicts as breakfast. Some people cannot function in the morning. They don't pound yam for them to eat. Yes, actually, there's a, a guy who, his wife came to complain to the pastor that this man, she works in a bank in Lagos. So, you know, she has to go out very early. But Lila, she must wake up in the morning and pound yam for the man. He eats pounded yam every morning before he goes to work. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. She don't marry. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so if, if, it's your thing. That's just the way you live. It's like you've never thought about it. You've never thought about it as an addiction. You've never thought, oh, can I live without it? You've just never thought about it. It's just my life. Amen? It's the way faith is supposed to be for a believer. That's why, let's look at um, that. Okay, Robert, okay, it's already there. I said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed where it was closed by a veil. It is the gospel that opens that veil and shows you the righteousness of God. Amen? And it is revealed how? From faith to faith. Because faith is the only way you can access the gospel. It's the only way you can access that righteousness of God. Why? Because it's not, first of all, you know, there's also, there's a part of not being able to see it. I can't see your righteousness, can I? Hallelujah. It's just funny. The fact of life is that the serial killer and the pastor both look like decent people. <laughs> Amen. You know, police is somebody that is doing threats and has tattoo. And just say that the guy is a bad guy. Yes, he may be. But let me tell you, he's that one that is clean shaving, that is stalking in, looking very smart. And yeah, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. You don't know whether he has hostages inside his basement. Praise God. <laughs> because yeah, some of the serial killers that they have actually caught in America, those are normal people. Praise God. You can't see these things in people. But it is the gospel that reveals it by faith. Amen. And then he goes on to say that they just shall live by faith. There's nothing else that a believer can or should live by in this world than by faith. 
Amen. I'm, just, I'm glossing over a lot of things, but let's see if it does become a series. I don't know how many part series to be, or whether it will be consecutive or non-consecutive series. But anyhow, let me just say what's in my heart to say today. We live by faith. Our lives are driven by faith. Praise God. Our lives are driven by faith. Let's look at um, that um, portion of Galatians. Galatians, if it can be together without being too much, put it together. If not, just let's take it one by one. Galatians 3, 10 to 13. Glory to God. The just shall live by faith. It's a simple statement, but yet so profound. Amen? It means that your life, amen, there's no, there's no spiritual life, marriage life, financial life, school life. It is life. I know it's too much. Don't worry. We'll just take it one by one. Um, take me to, actually have it here. Okay. Let's go to, no, I don't. <laughs> I'll flip past it. Trying to find a place to just stay. Uh, Okay, okay, let's do it this way. So he's saying, look at what he's saying. That word justified again. He said, no one is justified by the law in the sight of that. No one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. In other words, we can all see that there's nobody that can be justified by the law. Especially not in the sight of God, amen? We cannot be justified by the law. If we could be justified by the law, he goes further in this particular chapter and also in chapter 43 that if this salvation could come by the law, then Jesus wouldn't have had to die. There would have been no point for it. We'll just keep the law and when we've attained the zenith of keeping the law, we'll just receive salvation. Hallelujah. It's what other religions do. It's not the law that they call theirs. Like the people we talk about that raise their hand for 12 years or lie down on the bed of pins for 10 years. All those things, they are trying to attain a zenith of something of holiness, where they can now be worthy. Hallelujah. But by the law, nobody could be worthy. Nobody could be righteous in the sight of God. Was righteousness in the sight of God possible? Yes, but nobody knew that at this point, because all they could see was the law. And what the law would tell you is that you're not good enough. Stop thinking you are. The law was not bad. The law was not there to try and give you inferiority complex. The law was there trying to stop something from happening. You know, that's the reason why why God did not allow Adam and Eve eat from the tree of life. They, 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 they ate, the tree they ate from, I think, was the knowledge of good and evil. It is, <laughs> see, it is very dangerous for you to try to learn knowledge of say, what is good and what is wrong outside of Christ. Praise God. You know why I know that? Because the, the countries like the US and Europe as a continent, they are suffering that now. They just don't know it. I was telling um, David and some other people when we were talking after service that in Nigeria, let's look at homosexuality, for instance. Homosexuality as a way of life. It's not about our culture. I hear a lot of people in Nigeria say it is not our culture. I say we should stop saying that. Say it is not according to the word of God. Because in the US, they said it too. In the 1930s, 1940s, even in UK, as, as late as in 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, they actually used to arrest people for being homosexual. It was not part of their culture. But now they can practically arrest you if you refuse to call a man a woman. Your culture cannot stand the test of time. Only the word of God can. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can't be justified by the things, these things. That's what the law came to do. The law came to show you that, see, this is your morality that you think you have. Where did you get it from? 
That's why he was telling the Romans when he told them. He said that, oh, look at it. Because he, he talked about the Gentiles who had rejected God and how God had given them over to a reprobate mind. Then in chapter 2, he now told, told the Jews that, you, Seth, don't think that you're out of it, though. Although you think because you have the law. No, there's a problem called sin. It's not about whether you have laws, circumcised, not circumcised. That you, Jews, you, Gentiles, all of us have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In chapter 3, he said that. That what he was, that's the point he was trying to make from chapter 1 to that chapter 3. That see, Gentiles that did not know God were doing their own zuzuing. You that you are a Jew, you said they gave you law. You said no one keep the law. You too, you were doing your own zuzuing. Both of you, both you that didn't have the law and you that, didn't have, that had the law, it is that you are insufficient in yourself. Your righteousness is like filthy rags and you need Jesus. That's the conclusion of the matter. Hallelujah. So the law was supposed to bring you to that place where you receive the gospel that will reveal the righteousness of God to you. So he said, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. The receiving of the gospel is by faith. The receiving of that revelation of righteousness is by faith. The carrying out and the working out of that righteousness in your daily living is also by faith. Amen? Hallelujah. And he says, yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Meaning that for the law, it was about what you can do. You are performing the law. And if you perform one and you don't perform the rest, that's why it's, it's really ridiculous, this whole my work life. There's nothing like that. Hallelujah. You think that if you kept the law in your business and then you go home and you do not keep the law with your wife, that God will allow you to go. No, there's atonements to be made. Hallelujah. Then he who does them shall live by them. But Christ has redeemed us from the cost of the law. Having become a cause for us. Amen. So it means that the person who has actually given us this life that is no more based on performance is Jesus Christ. And we receive that life by faith. And the same way that we receive it by faith, we live it by faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. The just shall conduct the affairs of life by faith. It is by faith that you receive a new Nigeria. And let me talk about that for a bit. <laughs> Amen. I need to get there. I tried to run away from this part, but well, we are here. Let's get into it. Praise God. It is not a president that will bring the new Nigeria you're hoping for. I hope you know that. Amen. And if you don't know it, let me announce it to you this morning. I know. It seems like I talk about it a lot. So you'll be like, hey, what do I expect him to say? But let me say to you. Hmm? The body of Christ in this nation is the legislative authority of God in this nation. It means that God runs this nation by his people that are in it. And there is something terrible that happens when the people who are in charge do not take charge. I am not talking about political power. Is it bad for a Christian to join a political party? Of course not. Is it bad for a Christian to aspire to run for office? No, it is not. It is good. Amen? Is it even bad for Christians to vote? There's a sect that believe that you should not, that they don't vote. They don't believe in voting. They don't even believe in paying in tax. Paying tax, rather. But those things are right to do. But the truth is that voting is just as important as paying tax. It is not the road to salvation. Hallelujah. Point I'm trying to make is that your good intentions will not bring the nation you want. You're believing in an inf- in a fallible person and a fallible system will not bring what you want. They just shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason why you have something to believe in is that there's, so, there's a basis for it. Remember, your basis for sitting down on a chair 
I'm believing you won't fall is that you believe in the integrity of who made it, the integrity of the materials that made it, right? The same reason, the reason why you can believe that by his stripes I am healed is because there is a gospel that has told you that a man died, he was buried and resurrected, and because of him, healing has come. That's why faith is not wishful thinking. It's not, oh, you know, if we just say it long enough, listen to me, there are atheists that have memorized the Bible and can read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation without looking at it. There was a guy, I can't remember his name, it was a Russian. The guy used to, used to, used to just used to do it to troll Christians. Trolling is a long, is a, is a long age thing. This is, I'm talking about like during the communist era. The guy memorized the whole Bible. He could, he could read the Bible without looking at it. There was there any life in it for him? No. Praise God. The just shall live by faith, not by rote. That's why faith is not name it and claim it. Faith is not built in when you need a, when you when you need something. The just shall live by faith. It didn't say the just shall act by faith. The just shall live by faith. It is in your living that the acts come out. Hallelujah. If you ask Tamunawari, for instance, but before she because she has told us about some of the experiences of just praying for people, there, there is there any time you just went into one place and started groaning in tongues of angels? You know that? Oh, lean has come. Then you now rush. Uh, Do you want healing? Do you want healing? Be healed. No. You were just walking home and you saw a guy and you just felt like you should ask the guy, like the one you were telling me that the guy was annoying. (laughs) Is there anybody sick in your family? Was there any preparation? You just went, ah, this guy looks, ah, okay, let's go. You yielded to the spirit and the spirit used you. My point is that there is a life of faith she's living already. So what I'm trying to say is that it is not when you need phone that you now say, let me build my feet so that I can collect from from God. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. It means that the day you don't need anything, you must be building your faith. The day you don't feel like, okay, well, I'm not ready to marry. There's really nothing I need like that in my life. Now, you take the word of God and you continue to declare those things. You take the word of God, you continue to implant it by confession. Because that's one of the, confession is actually a form of meditation. It's the best form of meditation. You concentrate more when you're saying than when you're reading. So you can mull over things, but it's better for you to say it. I said, when Pastor Jay was confessing, I said, Pastor Jay, relax. This is all, this is all our confession. When was saying that, that, that about speaking, that you don't speak enough. I said, sir, it's not only you. <laughs> we are all in this, uh, this, is it table? The broken table. Praise God. You implant the word of God every day. It is a faith walk. It is a faith life. It is not faith moment. It is not, oh, there's calamity. Oh, Lord, I believe. Oh, Lord, I believe. I confess. Ah, 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 ah. You are trying to implant when you should be declaring. Because at that time, that's why, that's why when you are declaring the word in those times, your heart is still beating fast. Because it has not entered. When Jesus went to Lazarus, they told Jesus, and this thing, I'll tell, I'll tell you Jesus and I'll tell you Elisha. Some things are not acts. Please understand that these stories, so to speak, are real life events that actually happened. They told him that Lazarus was sick. Has Jesus healed the sick before? 
When Jairus came to carry him, said his daughter was sick. I think Jesus went. He would have gotten there on time. It was that Jesus was not trying to stall. It's just that the lady with the woman that had an issue of blood came and touched him. That one paused him for a minute. Like, who touched me? So, that somebody is sick, Jesus can go and heal the person. And he just told the disciples, yeah, okay, no problem. Okay, he's sick, all right. Gotcha. Noted, noted. And they came and they said, ah, that guy, he don't die. He said, don't worry, he's asleep. Jesus had his plan. He was still going to go to Bethany. Amen. When he got to Bethany, everybody was crying. And Mary, I think was Mary that met him first. Or Master, I don't know who met him first. And said, ah, oh, the one you love is there. And Jesus told him, ah, ah, Jesus, I'm the resurrection and the life. He was calm during that time. It is not because he was the son of God. Though. It is because he was a carrier of eternal life. You know, Jesus Christ was a prototype of the believer. He was the one that God sent. Yes, he had the one that would be doing the sacrifice. But before that, collect Holy Spirit and live as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So it means that whatever Jesus Christ did in the flesh, we can do. He even said it himself that we can even do more. Amen? So when he went there, he wasn't... Please, just help me close the windows on this side. Um, for the front. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the point I'm trying to make is that Jesus was not, he was not trying to form peace. You know, I can be going through a lot now and I'll be trying to form strong, like I'm calm. Some of us already even have calm faces. Like you don't know whether we are going through anything. Everything just looks like it is well, it is well. Amen. That's not what he was doing. Jesus was literally calm. As Mary was crying, he was saying, I'm the resurrection and the life. Uh-uh. Then I, I don't know, okay, Martha or Mary, whoever came second. Martha, right? Now I say, I, I haven't I told you? I've told you. Do you understand? And then they were still crying and oh, you know, then Jesus wept. And honestly, I know, I, I actually found out the reason Jesus wept is that I forgot. So I, I can't tell you now. But when I remember, I'll tell you. But they said, ah, he loved him so much. And then Jesus did something interesting. He stood in front of the tomb. Amen. He did not pray in tongues. He prayed a simple prayer. And he said the reason for that prayer inside the prayer. He said, Father, we don't need this thing, no. But just so that these people around that are watching will believe. I know that you hear me. Now, somebody that knows that somebody hears him, is there really any need to ask? So he was not asking God, Father Lord, give me the power to raise the dead. He said, I'm saying this thing so that these ones that are listening will know that you hear me, that I am from you. So now he goes and he says, Lazarus, comfort. Now a lot of people have said that Jesus shouted because of power. But let me tell you something. You cannot motivate a dead man back to life. I don't care how long you shout. A man that is dead is dead though. If he like shout, come out, he will be dead. Do you understand me? He shouted so that they will hear him. Lazarus didn't need to hear the voice of Jesus. If Jesus said, Lazarus, come. That man would have come out. Hallelujah. The same thing with the fig tree. Jesus Christ practically off-handedly cursed the fig tree. He did not wait to see whether it had come to pass. He was passing and he was hungry. He, he knew that it was not a time for fruits to come out. But he was hungry. God was hungry. And the fig tree refused to give God food. Hallelujah. <laughs> Understand? And he said, nobody will eat from me again. And he continued going. Amen? It was the disciples when they were coming back. I said, ah, master, this tree that you cost. And what did he tell them? He said, have the faith of God. He's like, ah, come on now. 
What's the big deal? Have, have the God kind of faith now. In, 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 what's the, what does it mean? It means that faith is a life that you live. It is not intersections where when I need something, I will now remember the word of God and be confessing it. It is that I have been speaking the word of God, implanting the word of God in my soul. And when those times come, out of what is here, out of my belly, is flowing out the things. Hallelujah. Same thing with Elisha. The king of Syria sent an army to come and capture him. Why did he go back to sleep? Hallelujah. And don't tell me it's because he's a prophet. Let's not forget the guy he collected mantle from him. The day, that Eli- the day after Elijah slaughtered the prophets of Baal and called fire from heaven to lick a very wet sacrifice that even licked the stone, the very next day, just because one woman told him that may God deal with me ever it be so severely. Let me tell you, anybody that gives you that threat in the Old Testament, just know that it's a serious problem. May, as in, in other words, my, may my God deal with me if I don't kill this Elijah. Elijah ran. Amen? The prophet of God ran. And no, he didn't run to go for retreat. He ran because Jezebel threatened him. Simple and short. So don't, don't say Elisha was a prophet, that's why. No, Elisha had, had complete reliance on the God that he served. And he told the guy that, relax now. The, 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 the ones that are, for, that are for us are more than the ones that are with them. And the guy was like, what's this old man talking about? He said, don't start again. You know, when he entered this is seventh heaven, he would just be talking like somebody that drank something. He said, sir, I said armies are outside. He said, oh God, so that this boy will allow me to sleep. Open his eyes and show him. And the guy saw, those angels did not appear at that time. They were already there. And Elisha already knew. Even if he didn't see it, Elisha just knew, well, the armies are always around me. They are there, relax. Hallelujah. Why did he know that? Is that he was living a life of faith. Remember that this charge, the just shall live by faith, was first recorded in the old covenant. It was not within the, the people quoting it in the New Testament saw it in the old covenant. It means that even under the old covenant, the just shall live by faith. In the new covenant, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. And faith is something that is built. Faith is something that is lived. That's why he said you shall live by it. It means that no matter what's happening in Nigeria, my faith is not in Nigeria, remember. Remember, faith is in something. Is in, there's a basis for it. If your faith is in Nigeria, your faith is small. Amen? Because the moment the economy starts to tumble, everything scatters. But your faith is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It, over, it supersedes everything else. Amen? <sighs> Hallelujah. The just shall live by this faith of God. That is based on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what I was talking about Nigeria. Is that it is not a party or a president. See, I don't really care how good the person is. Let me, let me, let me tell you some things that people don't consider. There are so many variables in life. That you as a human being cannot just come out and raise your chest and say, I know what will happen. You don't know anything. Should I tell you one of the reasons I stopped saying some things about government? Because I'm not in Asso Rock. Do you remember Cabal time? When everybody say Cabal, ah, that time I used to talk. At some point, I just actually sat down and said, you know what? How do I even know whether there's any Cabal? I am not there. 
I don't know what's happening. So I made up my mind in humility. I said, you know what? The only people that know what's happening are people that are there. And even some of them still don't know. Praise God. My point is that people say all we need in Nigeria is a good president, right? People say that. Okay. And then the president enters office and then he has a, 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 a bunch of agbarus in the National Assembly and then he can't pass any law. Okay. Let's say the National Assembly are good. Then his chief of staff is the king of criminals. And then his special advisors are the ones that used to maybe drink Ogogoro in the morning before they come to work. I say, are you getting the picture of what I'm saying? I'm saying that the variables are too much that no human being can plot this thing. Hallelujah. If you will have faith in Jesus, you will have faith in him for Nigeria as well. Because there's no Nigeria life either. <laughs> Praise God. People who run to the abroad. I didn't intend to say the abroad, but the D already came out. So people that run abroad and say they are looking for a better life. It's dangerous, remember, when I say learning the knowledge of good and evil outside of Christ. Here's the problem with that. You don't know what's going to happen in the US in the next few months. Nobody knows. But you take your whole family, sell everything you have, and you go there and say, I'm looking for what? A better life. Who told you that there is a better life there? Who told you? And then if you say it's God that told you, you mean that this same God that inspired the words of this scripture actually told you that your salvation is in a location? Are you thinking of what I'm saying here? Is it the same God that told, this same God that told Isaac, if they chase you from that well, go and dig another one. Water came out. Hey, they, they made a problem with that one. He moved to another well. Water came out. Are you telling me that the same God that literally told this man to go into dry land and bring out water from it will tell you that your salvation is in a destination? No, he won't tell you that. Amen? The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Amen. I don't know why that phrase just keeps on coming up in my heart. But you need to understand that your life is not based on the economy. When David was talking about the testimonies we received this year, can you spare a thought and just think about the things that have happened to you this year? Do you know that inflation in Nigeria has risen like almost 20% begin between January and now? But do you know that you have paid your children's school fees? Hallelujah. Do you know that you've still been able to pay your house rent? Do you know that there's no day that a lot of you that have been coming here every Sunday that you've not had transport money to come to church? Do you know that you have been eating food? The last time you went to buy spark, it was 200. Ah, next week you went, it was now 300. The next week you went, it was now 500. You still went again the next week and you still bought it. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you is that this faith must become a part of your life if you will live in this world and do what God has called you to do. Because you will look at things and say, oh, the things around me must get better before my life can prosper. But that is a lie of the devil. It is the lie of the devil. Do you know how I know? Because Joseph was a slave, then became a prisoner. And the testimony that was had of him was that he prospered why did he prosper? 
Because he served him an important man. Because he was in the royal prison. No, because God was with him. <laughs> I have not called you this morning to have faith in yourself. I have not called you this morning to have faith in your work. I have called you this morning to have faith in the finished work of Christ. How I started this morning. Keep your eye on the lamb slain. Leave what the CBN governor wants to do. Now, okay, I'm here. I'm not an economist. So maybe in the after service talks, I'll find out those that are business savvy. You know, the, the, um, the, the CBN announced that they're going to print new notes. And there's a reason why they want to do it. A lot of people are hoarding um, Naira notes. We know who they are. And we know why they are, what they are holding it for. Praise God. So it's kind of part of their plan to like take away the notes. So everybody has to return the notes that they have and collect new ones. Because after a particular time next year, those notes will be invalid. Now, I, I actually heard a man who is a de- former deputy governor of CBN who actually has no reason to support the current CBN governor. But he actually said that it's actually a good thing, that it could actually help to reduce inflation. I don't know. I'm not an economist. But my point is that whether it is good or bad, our eye is not on it. The just shall not live by news about inflation. The just shall not live by the Nigerian economy. The just shall not live by this agenda or that agenda. Eh? The just shall not live by PDP or APC or Labour Party or... Or whatever SDP or whatever other party, the just shall not live by presidential candidates and gubernatorial candidates. The just shall live by faith. We understood this when the current governor became governor. If you go around to civil service and everywhere else in River State, you will know that a lot of people do not like this governor. A lot of people believe that this man did not do anything in these eight years. And the worst thing you can do is to bring up bring up flyover in that argument. Unless they have respect for you, they can almost beat you there. I tell you that which, which one be that? Hallelujah. But you know why these states did not implode and we actually saw some progress in this state? It's because we, the legislative authority, prayed. We spoke words. We ironed the man's head. A, a leader eh, doesn't have a choice but to do what the authorities have told him to do. You know, the same way that a sickness in my body doesn't have a choice but to live when I invoke the sacrifice of Christ, the same way a leader will sit on that seat and will invoke the sacrifice of Christ. And he doesn't have a choice but to listen to us. I was telling my wife something. I'll end here. And it excited me. I was like, I don't know why you are not excited, but maybe it's just me that the thing came for. When I heard that thing, the thing excited me. The seat of the, of the seat of leadership in this nation belongs to the church. Let me explain. The seat, not the leader. There is an office called the President of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. It is a seat of authority. Amen? It means that he will leave after four years or eight years and another person will come. Whether he's, whether he's a church goer or an actual Christian, whether he's a Muslim or a Buddhist, the seat he will sit on belongs to us. Amen? So whether he has good intentions or bad intentions, when he sits down on that seat, our controlling power will be put into effect and we will tell him what to do. Amen? Amen? I'm not saying this based on the fact that we have plenty of Christians in Nigeria. If you follow that, you will fail. I am here to tell you this, that your power as the church in Nigeria is not because you have plenty of people that go to church. 
The power that we have is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The just shall live by faith. Even in ruling this nation, the just shall live by faith. We are the ones that determine what happens on the seats that that person will sit on. Because the seat belongs to the church. The government has been put on his shoulders, the Bible says. And Christ's shoulder is the body. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. The just shall live by faith. If, if I have the opportunity next week, I will continue to speak about faith. Because faith is a lifestyle. Faith is not just a currency. Faith is a lifestyle. It means that today is when you start to build your faith. Today. That somebody can say something as simple as, I'm flying to camp meeting. And in the next week, somebody tells him, oh, um, I, I don't know. Where, where do you want to travel to? Oh, I'm traveling to Abuja. Okay, don't worry. I'll buy your tickets to and fro. It's not because you prayed for 24 hours. It's because faith has already been built up in your heart. Hallelujah. Just the same way that if I want to go to market to buy tomato, I don't have to pray in tongues so that I will receive the tomato after I've given them my money so that my nylon bag will not tear. There are some nylon bags that are so fragile that you are carrying them, you don't even think they'll tear and you reach your house. Praise God. It's the same way that when faith has been built up in your heart, you will say and it will happen. Just like what the Bible says, you will have what you say. Praise God. So let me, let me, let me encourage us this morning. That despite the boisterous winds you see, number one, keep your eye on the lamb slain. Number two, continue to implant the word of God in your heart by confession. That's a very important part of faith. Confession. Like Pastor Jude was saying last week, don't take things for granted. Oh, my head is aching. Speak the word of God. Oh, my, my leg is paining me. Speak the word of God. Oh, this is my waist. Oh, well. Ah, 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 please let me encourage us, sir. Remove something from your vocabulary. Now, when people say it, I wince. It, I cringe when I hear it. So I say, ah, ah, this is my leg. Ah, I'm getting old. It's a lie. It's a lie. The life of God is at work in you. Death has ceased to work in your members. Amen? I don't care how old you may be. When you are 80 years old and you have a waist pain, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed from this waist pain. Amen? There's nothing like that. Ah, 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 ah. I'm not seeing this thing again. Our old age. It's a lie. The just shall live by faith. And your faith has appropri- is appropriating those things that God has made available for you in the sacrifice of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, ah, I've also heard another one. You must have heard it a lot. Ah, you know now, the economy, they want kind. So how we go do? It's a lie. Whose economy? The economy that I stand in. The money doesn't finish. There is no time I call for supply that it does not come to me. We had the testimonies this morning. Ask Delight what she schemed and what she did to get land. Ask her whether she has even applied to buy. The land came. While she was sleeping, God was working. Amen? In this same economy, sir, somebody is getting land. In this same economy, you are getting your properties. In this same economy, there is a mighty supply for you. Because the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. 
I don't care how much is in your bank account. I mean, I'm speaking as somebody that barely has anything in his ease. But the just shall live by faith. Let me tell you the bank account that matters. Jesus Christ said that you should store up for yourself treasures in heaven. When I need a supply, I call on the one who holds the key to the vaults of the heaven, of the bank of heaven PLC. Amen. And money comes to me. I don't trust in the act. What am I even saying? Come on now. Have you not received testimonies? Babies were delivered this year. Just in case you don't know if you have, if you have, if you have not married or you have not seen a child yet. It costs money. You don't just walk into the hospital. I mean, nursing mothers. You don't walk into the hospital and say, you know, I intend to give birth. And you'll be like, oh, that's great, man. Come in, come in, come in. Just everything for you. What will it cost? Oh, nothing. It's free. Is it? Is it like that? There's money you pay. You pay before, you pay after. And you continue to pay for the rest of your life. Amen. <laughs> Those of us, you see, parents that look very bright when their children grow up. It's not really that they have grown up. It's not that you're not buying pampas anymore. Praise God. <laughs> You pay school fees, all those things come. But those things have not failed this year. The abundance has not failed to come for you this year because the economy. So what? You, there, there was a security, and, and I just, I would like us to pray about that just before I, I end this. There's a security report that came up, you know, an alert about the terror attack in Abuja and all. That there have been all sorts of reactions to it. The US, you know, uh, first of all, okay, so a mall, I think, closed down. You know, people are just taking precautions, and it's all right. You know, but there's something that's very, very interesting. The U.S. who released the reports told their citizens in Nigeria that, hey, look, if you want to come out, there's transport waiting for you. Do you understand what that is? It means that, see, we are the U.S., another sovereign power. Our people here are our responsibility. Whether there's money, whether there's no money, flight is waiting for them to come. When we come, we'll put them somewhere until they can find their feet. We take care of our people, irrespective of what happens here. It's the same thing with God. Irrespective of the economy, security situation here, we are, we are, we are already taken care of. Sometimes I used to think like I'm mad or something because I hear people saying a lot of things. One guy was talking about, huh, all the one chance on this Abba road. I was like, is it not the same Abba road I pass every day? Every day. I close work by nine. So between 9 and 10, I'm on that road. I enter bus. Nobody robs me. I don't enter one chance. But the guy said they have robbed him twice. I said, ah, on this same road, the same thing, there are places that I walk and they'll say, ah, that place they used to rob people. They've never robbed me. Hallelujah. Have I been robbed in this life? Of course I have. Yes. But what I'm saying is that in my mind, even after I've experienced robbery, I am safety is of the Lord. And God is with me. God is with me. That's not my testimony. That me, I won't pass a place because of... No. I don't care about your insecurity. I will enter into a place and I will come out safely. Because God is with me. I can't meet him hold this year. I don't know if you've seen it, Sha. But there are a lot of things that try to make you look like you cannot go for camp meeting. There's the flooding. There's the security report. It's all this year. That's a word from the Lord. Amen. You will go to camp meeting and you will enjoy camp meeting. And just like in 2020, because of COVID-19, we thought camp meeting will hold. We went to camp meeting and held camp meeting in the venue and we were blessed in that meeting. I was there. Amen. Praise God. Let's rise up on our feet. We are the justified of the Lord. And as the justified of the Lord, this morning, I want us to raise a banner 
for Abuja because that's the main place where the alert came from. Look, we are not afraid of any reports. But like Pastor Jude said, we don't take things for granted either. Amen? So we are going to declare God's word of safety over Abuja for the sake of our brethren, for the sake of our companions that reside in that city. Even if you don't know anybody, our brethren in Savannah Grace Chapel um, Ministries, Savannah Grace Chapel Abuja are there. Our brethren in CFC are there. All our brethren in the, all the other ministries, House on the Rock, the Dominion, sorry, the Paul and the Church, all the other churches that are there. They are our brethren and our companions. Because of them, we declare safety upon Abuja in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, we call upon you. Release your angels in that city. Some of them, some people are already being caught. Some terrorists are already being caught. Lord, not one bomb will go off in Abuja in the name of Jesus. Not one shot will be fired against the innocent. Father Lord, rise up and defend the people of Abuja. Rise up and defend the people. In the name of Jesus. Lord, for the sake of our brethren. For the sake of our companions in Abuja. Father Lord, we ask for safety in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your peace pour upon that city. Let your peace pour upon the federal capital territory of this nation and all its surrounding cities and towns and villages. We ask you, Lord, to grant us peace in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, for the people who are intending evil upon that place, Lord, we we ask you, Father, to break their arrows, bend their bows, burn their chariots with fire, turn, turn turn their wickedness upon them for those who refuse to repent. In the name of Jesus, let your peace wash upon Abuja. We ask for safety and we receive safety on their behalf. In the name of Jesus, let's just give God thanks. Let's just declare God's word. The just shall live by faith. Declare God's word. All those storms that you have been looking at, remove your eyes from them at this moment. Just focus on the lamb slain and release the word of God from your mouth. Focus on the lamb slain. And release the word of God from your mouth. In this next few moments. Just declare God's word. Declare God's word. Declare God's word. Thank you Lord. 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 Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Lord, we declare that we are the just. And we declare that we live by faith. Faith is our lifestyle. And we make a quality commitment this morning that we live by faith. We live by faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can you give God a shout of praise? God, the just shall live by faith. Amen. I, 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 I strongly believe that it's the message for the now. The just shall live by faith. And, and you know, something he said that just blew me, that faith is a lifestyle, it's our daily walk. It's not a moment thing. Amen. You know, you, you know, I, I, I'm, we've not preached it wrong. You know, say that faith 
oh, you know, faith is like a tool that you, you need to work. Amen. God has given us faith as a tool. Yes. But you, you see, sometimes we make it look like a safe is a tool. It's a special tool for special moments. No, it's, it's for your daily work. Amen. You don't go to a mechanic workshop and then you say, the guy is saying, um, say that, um, he wants to fix your car. And the guy is saying, um, sign the knot with his hands. Say, ah, this is no loser. Hey, you know now, that's spanner. Blanket it. You know, you will feel that something is wrong here. Or a carpenter comes to your house and then he wants to nail something. So I got this nail hard to come out to. Say, but have the tool for it. Amen. It's what he is. It's what you use every day. Amen. When you say carpenter comes, what are the tools you expect him to have? When you say mechanic, what are the tools you expect him to have? You a faith. When you are you a a, a, a a just man. When you appear on the scene, what do I expect you to have? Faith. Pastor Notch, don't let me preach this one. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. Connect with Savannah Grace Chapel Port Harcourt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SGC Port Harcourt. And download our messages free on Telegram at t.me forward slash SGC Port Harcourt.